Ignatius Press and the Augustine Institute present The Formed Book Club. Catholic book lovers unpacking good books chapter by chapter. If you like us, please help us by subscribing and by reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might listen. And don't forget to sign up for weekly updates and study questions at formedbookclub.ignatius.com. Welcome to the Film Book Club, where we continue our discussion of faith and reason. Philosophers explain their turn to Catholicism. And for some philosophers, it's a turn from atheism to Catholicism through various other stages. For others, it's from a different form of Christianity to Catholicism. And last week, we discussed uh, the chapter 1, The God of a Philosopher by Edward Fazer. Uh, now we'll continue with chapter two, A Rake's Progress by Jay Budzewski. Uh, so let's start. Anybody? <laughs> well, I, 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 I could start if you want. I've got passages highlighted on, on um, page 55. That's a pretty early page. Go for it. Uh, yeah, well, we have the subheading childhood there, and it begins with Aristotle says philosophy begins in wonder. Now, I like the fact you know these philosophers, even from an early age, are asking questions that you know, that, that perhaps non-philosophers wouldn't think of asking. So, about eight lines down from there, um, yeah, if matter is made of particles, what are particles made of? Is everything matter? Is the act of will matter? I used to think to myself, arm move then note that my arm did not move. I'm puzzled over how thinking move was different from winning movement. Knowledge puzzled me too. So yeah, I, I just like the fact that these philosophers ask axiomatic questions about just about everything, which most of the rest of us take for granted. I mean, I would never think of the difference between you know, uh, a thinking move and my arm moving. I mean, I, it would not be something that would even enter my mind until some philosopher distinguishes between the two as, as, as is happening here. So that's one thing I do enjoy about this, because it takes me outside my own unimaginative box, so to speak. It's also true, what we've seen in the first one by Ed Faisal, we'll see in other ones as well, that even though there's a lot of thinking going on and reflecting, uh, there's also a lot of personal interaction taking place in the presence of friends and one's wife or one's children uh, that that really confirm or motivate the thinking they do. I didn't, I mean, I didn't underline too much on this, actually, until... I've, got, I've, got, I've got 61, if people want, want to continue to let... If Vivian has nothing before that and wants to continue to let me wax, I shall do so. Well, I have one, like one little quibble on page 57... Four lines down, God replies, I am that I am. How I struggle with that demonstrative pronoun. There's no demonstrative pronoun there. Vivian, I mean, do you agree with that? Does he mean that? He must be, but that is, in this case, is not a pronoun, you know. It, it's a conjunction. Anyway. A demonstrative program is this or that when you're pointing to something, you know? Yes. So, so anyway. here, here it's using interchangeably with who. I yeah. am who I am. So what is that 
if you were to diagram this sentence, what, what part of speech is that here, you know? Well, I, want, I really don't want to have to think about it right now. Well, yeah, but, well who, who would be a pronoun there? Pardon? You know, who would be a pronoun there? Right. Con conjunctive, I think. But right. that does not function. Uh, if it was, I am that thing that I, that I am, you know, then that might be demonstrative. But well, do you, so what do you, do you think, think is actually? What do you think is actually the, the, the point uh -huh. is that the word that and who are interchangeable? Um, is that the problem that he's struggling with here? Well, I'm not sure he's struggling. Oh, well, he's he's struggling with something, but I, whatever it is, if it's in those four words, it's not an monster pronoun. Anyway, okay, that's a quibble. We'll leave that. Maybe we'll get a readers will comment. Maybe that, maybe that, I mean, that is probably where the difficulty lies. It's an awkward construction. Yeah. Right? It's an awkward but, construction. I mean, the, the, in, in the Hebrew, it is, there's a lot of, I am the one who causes being. I am, period. I am that I am. Well, that I am, what is that in another construction? Uh, that that the sun is shining makes me happy. Well, no, that that is not demon demonstrating anything. You're not pointing at anything. That the sun is shining. I forget what you call that, but it's not a demonstrative pronoun anyway. Oh well, uh, you might have to, Thomas. You might have to excise this from our discussion because uh, <laughs> I mean Joseph is our literature scholar, but you're not a grammar scholar, Joseph. So I'm, I'm not, absolutely not a not a grammar scholar. That's for sure. So go ahead, Joseph. 61. Well, it's, it's ironic because the bit I do have read is about an, another difficulty uh, to do with language. So the, 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 the middle of the page, 61. Another difficulty was how I was taught to use language. My high school English teachers were determined to teach me the difference between what they called facts and what they called opinions. Mm -hmm. And moral and theological propositions were always included among the opinions. Yeah, Protons are a fact. God is only an opinion. So again, as with most of us, um, or many of us anyway, um, we were taught um, uh, relativism, um, not at our mother's knee, but uh, at our uh, elementary school, basically. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's exactly right. So all all judgments of value are opinions, only opinions. I mean, that that was the difficulty by saying it's only an opinion, you know, and, and all opinions are equal. That's where the relativism comes in, right? Well, anyway, so yes, we were all raised on that from kindergarten, basically. So um, even though I went to public schools, I wasn't, but that was because I went in an earlier era than you two. Um, well, whether I had been raised in an earlier era or not, I would have been in public schools. Wasn't I would have been in a one-room schoolhouse. Well, wasn't I would have it? never been in a Catholic school or private school in my not, grammar not school. Sure, not sure when relativism kicked in as the uh, orthodoxy. Um, you know, certainly by the 60s, but, but prior to that, who knows? Well, I'm I mean, sure. I, I, I'm, tell, I'm just telling you, in that school, I went to public grammar school. And well, you went to 
public grammar school. Pardon me? I said you went to a public grammar school. I know, and, and, it, oh, okay. and relatives was not taught. It wasn't even in the air there. Well, I, it, you know, it, it, it got introduced into the public school system as early as Dewey. Well. So, when's Dewey? Oh, yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, well, it, wait a second. It, 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 to some extent, it did, maybe on the East Coast mainly or something, uh, but it didn't filter down into ordinary people. I had teachers who were ordinary people who were not, you know, they were normal people. They were not relativists. Well, th let's just look at the Dewey system for the library. And it's divided up into fiction and nonfiction, right? Yeah. And what do you suppose is going to be in the fiction section? Everything that's not, you know, fact. I mean, this, this binary of fact and opinion and all that, that all got introduced not only into the pedagogy in the schools, but even the whole way the library is organized. Well, yeah, that was... Oh, yes, but, 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 but philosophy, uh, which would include metaphysics, would be in the non-fiction section, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. So it's it's, it's not yeah. it's not precluding uh, what we what's been called opinion in, in in that quote. Right. But as soon as you started making moral judgments, you were landed into the opinion category, and that did start pretty early on in the way children were taught in America. I'm just. just and maybe saying. it started early on. I'm just I'm just saying, and I, I, can, I cannot be de denied this truth because I was at my school when I went there. This yeah. was not the way. This not the way it was taught. It wasn't in the air. I mean, I, right. I was smart enough then to know that. I'm looking back on it. I, I and I I later found out, by the way, you know, later that, that some of my teachers were very devout Catholics uh, in a public school, but they didn't. I didn't know at the time. But I, they came to my ordination. You know, when I was ordained a priest, and I realized, hey, I was taught in a public school by people who really had strong faith and and a, yeah. a realistic view of the world. Maybe I'm just yeah. lucky, you know, but uh, yeah. that's the way it was. But I, yeah. I mean, I certainly agree that it's in the air now. In fact, I spent so much time when I was teaching in college, uh, no matter what the course was, you know, I asked, well, what, what do you think truth is, you know? And we get my truth and your truth and blah, blah, blah. And I would go through it. I would spend about three classes on, well, no, truth is a correspondence of what you think to what really is. And if it's true, it's true for everybody. Period, you know, and they they'd agree to that, you know. And then three weeks later, I get the relativism again, because, like you say, Vivian, it's the it's the sea in which the fishes are swimming. No question yeah. about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I got someone sixty-seven. Anybody before that? Uh, you know, I, I I've, I've said more than enough. I've got other stuff. I, I'm happy to to bow to your sixty-seven. Well, no, well, no. Do you have something well, before before that? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 63 towards the bottom, you know, in, in, in this age of relativism and self-empowerment, I thought this sentence five lines up from the bottom of page 63 was good, uh, or, or two sentences. Self-deception is a variety of lie, and the universe is so tightly constructed that in order to cover up one lie, we usually have to tell another. Deception begets deception, self-deception begets more self-deception. I just think that's a very powerful and important lesson to learn in, 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 in the present culture. And, and look at where that leads, Joseph. He said, I no longer believed in God, 
and I discovered that I no longer believed in objective moral law. Interesting how one quickly followed the other. Yep. It, and if you're going to deceive or lie, you better have a good memory. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll get caught. So I, 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 what interested me, you know, we have the first two philosophers here, Ed Facer and Jay Budaszewski. And for both of them, uh, it was before they were Christian or Catholic, but while they were teaching, that by trying to be responsible as teachers, they led themselves into the truth. And, you know, we saw it with Fazer saying that I want to make a good case for every argument for or against, you know, I think that's the only, only fair thing to do. And so we did that. And then he began to see, well, there are really, there's reasons why people uh, accept God and so on. Well, now on page 67 at the bottom, he says, uh, you know, I won the position uh, at, U at University of Texas by giving a talk in which I maintained two theses, colon, we merely make up the difference between good and evil. And second, we aren't responsible for what we do anyway. Next paragraph. Yet I found that I couldn't teach these things to my students. Paradoxically, <laughs> I felt too responsible for them to teach them there's no personal responsibility and too conscious of my duty to do no harm to teach them that there's no good or harm. <laughs> Well, Father, you've told me before when we've talked about different professionals in academia and you said something like they're better than their own. Yes. They're better. They're better men or women than the things they believe. And I think that 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 was uh, that's unfolding in the case of both of these men. It's that it's the their reasoning that misled them for a time and to these conclusions and they were better than those conclusions and because they were somehow truth seekers and and motivated by the good i mean we're, we're created for the good so we're going to be seeking it even when we don't believe it's there so right i mean there's always a danger in the great gift god has given us of speech that we can say anything we can say the sky is green, or we can say no one has personal responsibility, or the will is not free. We, we can say all those things. And if enough people say them enough times, that, that becomes kind of taken for granted until you reflect on it. But you can't perform it, as they say. I mean, you, you, you can't. Uh, it, it doesn't do any good to try and convince someone that reason is not uh Reasonable, you know. I mean, that's you're, if you're trying to convince them, you accept the fact that reasons make make a difference. We're back uh, from whatever is we left. I'm not sure how the, the break is going to take place here, but uh, we seem to have continuing technical difficulties because of uh, the rural area in which one of us has chosen to reside. <laughs> but uh, so uh, we, I talked about how the human act of teaching was important in the conversion of both Edward Faser and uh, Budaszewski here. But there's another human element here on page 71, uh, the end of the new paragraph. 
My oldest child told me years later, quote, I had always wanted our family to go to church, but I never told you, close quote. So strange are God's mercies. And so even though this happened after his conversion, it's, uh, I think about my own parents, they weren't going to church, you know, they were Catholic, but very nominally Catholic. But they, when I was about four or five years old, they said, you know, we don't want our kid to grow up without religion. We, we better start going back to church. So, I mean, I evangelized my parents before I knew what I was doing because my parents had responsibility for me. So this is another sad thing about our modern world where either you don't have children or you have them very, very late in a marriage or in a relationship. And there's not that opportunity for the child to evangelize the parents. I don't hear anybody now. Vivian, are you there? Yes, I okay. am. Um, I Joseph. wanted to go back. I'm here. Because okay. To, to page 68, the, the, um, this experience of beauty being so important. Uh, so he reads these lines from Dante. Um, and then some days while lecturing on St. Thomas Aquinas, it took all the control that I could muster to conceal the fact that I felt like weeping for the sheer beauty of the appearance of truth, an appearance I bitterly told myself was an illusion. So you can see that on every side, the man is being buffeted by the reality of truth, by the experience of these transcendentals, truth and beauty and goodness. And yet he had reasoned his way to this cul-de-sac in which truth didn't exist. <laughs> and yet, does God give up on him? No. And then one evening, this is where the, the uh, crisis, you know, one evening in tears, but ashamed of my weakness, I prayed, I told God, I don't believe you're there. I think I'm talking to the wall, but if you do exist, you can have me. <laughs> and how many conversions have I read and my own inversion, conversion as well, where some prayer is uttered when you're not even sure that there's anybody home. And somehow that really was the turning point, right? And, and you know, it, 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 these are philosophers, these are thinkers, these are people who, who, who had the gift and the desire to learn, to seek the truth. And it's that very desire and that very seeking which led them to atheism. Right. You know, but if they, because they consistently follow where their thoughts were leading, it led them out of atheism too. So it's better, it seems to me, to, if you're, you know, reading and think things through, to go through atheism to get to theism rather than simply, you know, go along with the flow that happens to be in your milieu, a uh, God-loving milieu. Well, the other thing that happens to a lot of these philosophers, at least the ones I've read so far, yeah. is this attempt when they're going toward Christianity and more and more orthodox forms of Christianity, the Episcopalian church being sort of the way station on yes, the way, right? Yeah. So they first go to the Episcopal church, and uh, that happens to other philosophers in here also. It does. It does. And and then they begin to see um, the inadequacies of the Anglican communion. And it's almost like another conversion in a way to then make the leap to the Catholic Church of um, 
Yes. And I noticed on page 77 how important it was for him, Lumen Gentium, uh, Vatican II's dogmatic constitution on the church, which we talked so much about in our last discussion on DeLubach's book on yes. the church. Yeah. Um, that, that reading Lumen Gentium for him resolved uh, difficulties about, of all things, Mary and the mediation of Christ. Anyway, well, it, little, it, little shout out for Lumen Gentium. Right, and I'm I'm kind of keeping mental track of some of the authors and works which seem to be reappearing already, even in the first oh. two chapters here. And I've seen them uh, continuing in, in subsequent chapters. Uh, C.S. Lewis is a name that yes. comes up a lot. J.K. Chesterton. We see Dante here. Thomas Aquinas comes up. Dumanzensum here, the, the council. Uh, it, how important it is that God has given these wonderful gifts to certain men and women uh, to express the faith and to uh, respond to, you know, objections to the faith uh, in a way that communicates itself so readily to people who have an open mind. Yes. Um, good. Well, I think. So, uh, any, let's let's conclude this session with this chapter. Unless maybe you have anything more to say on this. No. Good. Well, we hope to be next week with you back and have Joseph Pierce uh, fully uh, digitally present uh, in some fashion. Thank you. God bless you, Bob. If you enjoyed this discussion. Please help spread the word about the Forum Book Club by subscribing to the podcast and writing a review. You can sign up for weekly updates at formedbookclub.ignatius.com.